Welcome. Pull up a seat, grab a cup, and get ready to share, listen, and learn. This is my favorite coffee story with your host, Aniko Samoji. You'll hear about the stories about coffee itself, the history, health benefits, recipes, and more, along with some personal stories inspired by coffee and the lifestyle. Now, here is Aniko Somoji. Welcome to my favorite coffee story. Welcome to our listeners all around the world. We're so happy you're jo- you've joined us today. We have a wonderful guest today, and I'm going to introduce Lieutenant Robbie Williams in just a moment. We're talking about Coffee with a Cop, and uh, it's going to be an incredible show. And before we do that, please, we're going to have our Anikona Farm moment. Today is an amazing day on the farm. It is one of those crystal clear days where we can see down to Kona Town. We can see the, the ocean. It's blue. Hualalai Mountain right behind us. Actually, we live on a dormant volcano, which provides that rich, delicious flavor for Kona coffee. Is so crystal clear. You can see every single tree. It is majestic. It's a beautiful day. And we were strolling through the coffee trees today, and they're starting to have some of their beautiful white flowers. And we're going to be getting ready to prune the trees. We love to take good care of them. So that's what we're going to be doing in a few weeks. So if I may introduce our special guest, Lieutenant Robbie Williams. He's a lieutenant in the Community Affairs Unit of the Hawthorne, California Police Department and very familiar with Coffee with a Cop program. And we are delighted you've joined us. Lieutenant Robbie, welcome. Well, thank you, Aniko. I'm looking forward to uh, sharing this time with you and having a wonderful conversation and over a cup of coffee. (laughs) Well, exactly. And that's what we're talking about today, Coffee with a Cop, which is a wonderful program that was started in 2011 in Hawthorne, California, to bring police officers and their community members. They serve together over a cup of coffee and to discuss issues and learn more about each other. So, Lieutenant Robbie, we're so excited to hear how you actually became involved in police work and some of your early days of your career, please. Okay. Um, A little bit about my background. Um, I spent four years in the United States Marine Corps. Uh, After I got out of the Marine Corps in 91, I was happened uh, to land a job as a mental health social worker. And that gave me some grassroots application into the community of South Central Los Angeles. And it gave me a firsthand look at some of the problems in the community as it relates to the crime, the violence, as well as the substance abuse issues, and also uh, the stale and failing relationship between the police department and the community. Um, So in 94, um, talking to a couple of community members, talking about strategies on how we can um, better our community overall, um, I came up with the idea of becoming a police officer because that's was kind of in the back of my mind anyway. I was already studying criminal justice, and I was interested in it. And then I, and I really saw it as being part of the solution instead of just yes. talking about the problem. So I launched a uh, career change and became a police officer for the city of Hawthorne. And as a police officer for the last 23 years, I've had uh, a tremendous amount of uh, opportunity uh, to see the the impact that uh, good policing has on individuals' lives. And I've also seen the negative impact uh, when bad policing takes place. So fast-forwarding to Coffee with a Cop, uh, we were struggling. Uh, Before 2011, as a police department, um, the pulse of our police department was pretty negative. Uh, It was a lot of things taking place. Uh, and we could say that our relationship with the public was not what we wanted it to be. And so we just started brainstorming ideas like how can we be, um, how can we create a better relationship? How can we authentically get out there and, and show the people that our police officers are really here for you and we want you to be there with us at this problem-solving model? And so during that brainstorming session, a lady by the name of Denise Watts, 
who worked for me was it was her first idea uh, to think about that concept, uh, Coffee with a Cop. That was the first time I ever heard it. And we started doing some brainstorming, like, okay, so what would that look like? What would we do? Where would we have this at? And uh, Sergeant Chris Cognac, who is uh, currently one of the sergeants here that works with me, uh, made the further of that suggestion. Let's go to Denny's or let's go to McDonald's. And we went to the McDonald's, and um, officers kind of, we all kind of were instructed to go there and, we kind of stood around drinking our coffees individually, thinking that the public was going to come up to us. But you know what happened, Nico? Nico, is that no one came to talk to us. So oh. uh, my partner, he just started with a cup of uh, a big pot of coffee, and he started going around the tables, off the tables, pouring coffee, like, hey, how you doing? And then that was the level of engagement that was necessary to break that ice. Because in L.A., I think people are so accustomed to police officers being uh, about business, and we're going from call to call, and that is most definitely a part of the job. Uh, so when they see police officers kind of drinking coffee, they, they kind of shy away from it, thinking that, you know, we're busy or we're just taking a break from our busy, hectic schedule. So we had to invite them into our space. But we have yes. to create a safe space for them to be. So that's some of the roots and some of the philosophies behind Coffee with a Cop. I, I, first of all, would love to thank you for being in the Marine Corps and all the good you've done through your social work. And also as a police officer, we're very grateful to you, Lieutenant Robbie. It's, um, it's really incredible. The Coffee with a Cop program sort of provides, like you said, that safe environment. It's it's a very relaxed environment where people can ask questions. You can get to know your police officers in your community. And it really can break down those barriers um, that we see sometimes, usually during times of crisis. So uh, we're very grateful to you, and thank you for sharing how that started and how you actually decided to get into police work. What were your growing up days like? Did you actually grow up in the L.A. area? Uh, no, I, I'm actually from Longview, Texas, which is a small East Texas town, uh, just about 56 miles from Shreveport, Louisiana, about 250 miles east of Dallas, uh, just to kind of uh, orient people about where that's from. And growing up there... Um, yeah, I grew up with a uh, single mother who raised me and my two sisters in uh, predominantly housing project areas. And um, we didn't have necessarily the best relationships with our local police department. Um, and we kind of felt isolated. So it wasn't a natural instinct for me to pursue um, uh, the police profession. It was kind of almost looked upon as a, a downer. Uh, unfortunately, just because of those relationship issues we had early on growing up uh, where I grew up at. But yes. most of the time, we would have, um, you know, coffee in our house. You know, my Uncle Bubba, who was uh, notorious for bringing uh, the coffee maker into the house and waking up in the morning and smelling that, always kind of um, brought happy memories of Christmas because that's oftentimes when he would come to visit. So, and then I went to um, Longview High School, graduated in 1987, and that was um, when I joined the United States Marine Corps. I I thank you for sharing your, your growing up days, and um, it's really interesting how you decided to pursue a career in, in police work afterwards. What were some of your favorite stories during your training, Lieutenant Robbie? You know, some of my training, um, and I guess the, the biggest story, and I tell a lot of people this, uh, not being familiar a lot with police work, I came in almost with uh, a very strong um, distrust of law enforcement, even though I wanted to be a, a police officer. And, um, and that distrust was just something that kind of grew over years growing up where I grew up until, you know, a, you know, early 20s, 
you know, I thought police officers had quotas. I thought police officers had certain agendas against certain people. And uh, throughout my career, I, I've come to the realization that that is very untrue, that there's really the only agenda is public safety and that the men and women that um, become police officers are really committed to a variety of communities that are uh, eclectic and culturally diverse, and that commitment is just as strong. So that was the first eye-opener for me. Um, yes. I mean, really, I, I can tell you, I was almost paranoid coming into law enforcement, thinking that I would see some uh, some police officer planning drugs or uh, setting up some minority groups, and I haven't seen that in my career. All I saw is the passion, and I, and I constantly see the passion that stands behind uh, why police officers do what they do every day. So, th and that's one thing that I share a lot with people uh, is that sometimes you have to venture out of your comfort zone to really learn and be willing to open your eyes and take on a new perspective uh, when that learning is um, is beneficial. Definitely, that gives you such a deep perspective. And it seems like when you share that with your community members, they can really understand that you, community members as well as the police officers have a common interest to ensure the safety of the community. And I, I love how your background certainly helps you understand that perspective. When, um, when Coffee with a Cop was started in 2011, I think it's interesting to note that five years later, Every single state, at least that's what I understand, at least 50 states have had a Coffee with a Cop meeting. Uh, we've even had some of these meetings in Australia and Europe and Canada and Africa. And I, I think it's just been such a successful, tremendous program that you're involved in. So we're, we're really appreciative. It, it seems like the team is the team involved in helping with Coffee with a Cop definitely share that common interest of, you know, breaking down those barriers with the community, especially lately there have been some some elements that that make it seem like in, in the media that we watch, sometimes it's a little bit hard to see how that is working in the community. I'm, I'm really excited that Coffee with a Cop can really share between police officers and community members. Tell us a little bit about your fellow team members that are involved in the program as well, please. Okay. Uh, some of my key team members are all the way up to our command staff, um, including our chief of police, uh, both of our captains, um, and even a, a former captain here who is now the chief of police in Redondo. Uh, all of those uh, individuals, you know, initially um, was, was skeptical, just like anyone else would be of how would this work, you know, what would be, yes. uh, what's the nuts and bolts of something like this. So having dialogue and developing a level of trust with them um, that this program would go, um, that's how we were able to become successful because they were willing to sit back and kind of go in the, the wilderness of the unknown and, and just kind of almost be an observer and, and also someone who was in the passenger seat of the vehicle. And they saw the transformation. Uh, they saw the relationship grow. They saw the barriers being broken down. And, and it was a very simple process. And, and what, it, what Coffee with a Cop is not, is not a town hall meeting. Because nothing is ever resolved at a town hall meeting in right. terms of developing relationships. There's no speeches. There's no agenda. This is just a human being who wears a uniform that calls himself or her a police officer. And a, and a civilian who could be a short store owner or just a, a mom out with the kids or a coach or just a regular uh, average citizen that wants to stop in and ask the question or maybe even uh, talk about a problem in the community. Um, giving the public or affording the public that access had to be our key objective in everything we did with Cough with a Cop. And the reason that it had such a huge um, following now, you know, like you said, all 50 states, and we're in about 15 different countries, 
Um, we have our National Coffee with a Cop Day, which on that particular day, last October, we had over 1,500 agencies hosting a Coffee with a Cop event. Just to show you how impactful it is and how quickly uh, people hear about it and buy into the concept. And they do it with a very authentic heart. And so when you have these problems in your communities where um, failed relationships have happened, where police have lost trust uh, or have lost trust of the citizens and the citizens have lost trust of the police department, a coffee with a cop is that engine that can be rejuvenating uh, to that relationship. Because you're just sitting there and you're in these conversations and it's about transparency, it's about accountability, it's about problem solving also. But the most important thing is really about relationship tending, tending to those relationships that sometimes we forget about as we go, you know, from call to call. Yes, and it's it's wonderful how over a cup of coffee one can build up trust and relationships. And we've so enjoyed chatting with you, Lieutenant Robbie about how you became involved in police work, a little bit more about Coffee with a Cop program. And we can't wait to talk more with you after the break, a little bit more about some of the learnings during the meetings and some of the questions that come up. I love how you don't have agendas and you just kind of let the questions flow over a cup of coffee. Please join us, listeners, right after the break. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com My favorite coffee story is brought to you by Anikona Farm, where every bean we grow represents a great story somewhere in the world. When you buy coffee from Anikona Farm, you're investing in new memories, stories, and experiences. We harvest our beans with your future story in our heart. So, from our heart to yours, enjoy the Anikona experience. May your coffee story be as rich and delicious as our Kona coffee with love. Please visit Anikona.com and get your Anikona Story coffee special today. What if there was a radio show that could demonstrate how we can cut your taxes in half without diminishing needed government services? One that could explain how to create tens of millions of jobs at no cost to taxpayers, as well as fantastic yet easily affordable health care. Side effects include cutting crime rates nationwide, providing better education for our children, international peace and harmony, and protecting your private, personal data from government intrusion. Tune in to Libertarians Working for You with Arvind Vora, Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Variety. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to My Favorite Coffee Story with Aniko Samoji. Drop us a line and share your story. Our email address is orders at anikona.com. Again, that's orders at anikona.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to My Favorite Coffee Story. We've been talking with Lieutenant Robbie Williams, who's a lieutenant. of He's in the Community Affairs Unit at the Hawthorne, California Police Department in the Los Angeles area. We were just talking about how the program Coffee with a Cop started in 2011 and now it actually has been it's grown so much where it's it's been hosted in all 50 states and in various countries around the world and lieutenant robbie we were going to chat with you a little bit more about some of the questions that come up during these relaxed informal meetings with community members please share with us a little bit you know some of the questions i've had um more notably 
was a, a young lady in Florida who were out there assisting the police department with creating their Coffee with a Crop program. And um, the program started at 7 o'clock that morning. And officers are told to get there earlier so they can get things set up and kind of get situated. And so this lady shows up at 6.59. And the first thing she does is walks up to the officer who's hosting and says, you know, I don't trust police officers. (gasps) And the officer, being very witty, said, well, would you like to sit and talk about it over some coffee? He said, yeah. And so for about 45 minutes, they sat in a booth at McDonald's. And if you look over at them, they're now laughing. And when that lady left out of that place, her narrative had changed about the police department. And I imagine that lieutenant who uh, took on that challenging uh, confrontation almost, his narrative about his community probably had changed. So you have events like that, and these are the types of things that I've been privileged to witness firsthand of building that relationship. So some of the questions that people do ask, you know, do officers have quotas? Uh, why aren't there more police officers like this? And they'll even bring up a, a current event and ask questions about that. Why did the officer uh, shoot uh, a seemingly unarmed person? And I tell officers, you know, because it can be somewhat intimidating to go into a hotbed of questions when you don't have something to kind of rely upon. I said, just rely upon your heart. Because you can always talk about what our intentions are. Even even if there was a mistake, an obvious mistake that was made, we can talk about that mistake. And we can talk about ways of rectifying that mistake and talk about ways to prevent that mistake from happening again. Because that was the case with us in 2011 when we had our own um, viral video of one of our officers uh, shooting um, a dog, which... Um, completely um, went viral in a couple of hours because of YouTube and so on and so forth. And we were able to ask them, answer those questions that, you know, our intentions were not to do that, but this was our perspective going into the situation. And people were willing to listen to that. And some people wouldn't necessarily happen on the outcome. I, and I can tell you from firsthand is that not one officer was happy about the outcome. And it was important for the community to be able to hear that part, um, or they'll ask questions about their neighborhood issues, you know, what type of crime uh, should they be aware of, and that officer can use his own seasoned experience to give them some tips to help them prevent themselves from becoming victims. You know, you're talking about getting your the bang for your buck, you know. These are our taxpayers. These are the people who have paid our salaries. So we have to give them free time, and it, and it doesn't have to be always crisis-centered because that's oftentimes when police uh, people are called is during that crisis. So those are some of the questions um, that are brought up. And officers can a- actually ask questions too. You know, what should we be doing more of? You know, how would you like to see us work with you? How much contact should we have with you? You know, what do we need to know about your community? You know, who are your representatives? Who should we invite to our next Coffee with a Cop? And then from that, we get these other budding relationships that allow us to go on and and be not just a functional police department, but to do police um, work at a higher caliber that is demanded in today's society. I was going to say, Lieutenant Robbie, asking those questions on both sides is a really great way to build trust. And I also think it's wonderful for police officers to understand what are some of the things that people are thinking about. And also community members, how they can get perspective of what sort of went into that decision or how that happened. And to be able to actually share that information and have a dialogue about it is is really wonderful. Um, And I, I think building those relationships is really key. When you've attended some of these meetings, Lieutenant Robbie, have you found that, um, is there an initial sort of break the ice component? Um, (laughs) How do you kind of start some of your meetings? Because I know you like them to be pretty relaxed and casual. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's not really, really, I wouldn't even call it a meeting. meeting. 
Yes. I, I would I would call it an event. And and you want to think about it in terms of if I was planning my wife's forty fifth birthday party, you know, it's 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 an event in which you're gonna invite people and you let people know, let the community members know that hey, we're gonna be at this McDonalds, we're gonna have officers there that are willing to answer your questions. Officers are going to come from every department that we have. And, you know, just come and ask you a little burning question. Because yes. sometimes, and we, we realized this early on, is that some questions are, are not something that would motivate someone to get in their car and drive to the police station and ask the question. It won't mo- that question may not motivate them to pick up the phone and dial our number and ask the question. But you think about the level of convenience is offered when you have a coffee with a copy event and you can just drop in and ask that casual question without any issue whatsoever. And and you don't feel like you're walking into a sacred meeting in which people have been invited, special invited. You're welcome uh, to ask your question or make your comment, your suggestion. And I've learned uh, some of my newer officers were able to learn about current crime trends that were kind of under the radar. You know, it was a 16-year-old girl who was talking about how her and her girlfriends had to walk over a couple of blocks over from their house in order to avoid a group of boys who would pretty much sexually harass them. And I mean, it wasn't something that was on our radar, and it was probably something that she wouldn't have never called the police department about. But she was able to convey that in this very safe environment. And we were able to come up with some type of plan to address that issue because it was something that was bothering her and her friends. And there, that's a problem that's being solved. That's, um, that's an incredible story. And I, um, I so appreciate how it's a great way to get to know the community in general and what might be some of the things that are on people's minds. The the trust element is something that I think Coffee with a Cop it really successfully addresses, and we so appreciate you doing the program and also all the good work that you do in your community there in the Community Affairs Unit and being a police officer. The other parts of the country, it seems like each part has sort of maybe adapted their more their own individual approach to how they have one of these events and they, um, because I've seen that sometimes it'll be at a Starbucks, sometimes it'll be at a McDonald's, sometimes it'll be at a business, et cetera. And it seems like that kind of just depends on the community and what works well. Have you attended some of those across, well, they'll ask you to come as, as just sort of a guest officer to sort of help with an event. Have you attended some of those events across the country? Yes, we we spent about five, uh, almost now going on six years, uh, traveling uh, from state to state, Honolulu being the last place uh, for us to travel, and, and we taught them how to set up the parameters of uh, Coffee with a Cop. And you find out from every state, every culture is different. Because when you think about, you know, you think about Utah, which has a, a large Mormon population, well, they don't drink coffee. So what True. do you do, right? So True. understand that coffee is just coffee is just a symbolic item. It yes. can be water. It can be it could be just eating. It could be over a soda. It could be it's just it's just symbolic. It doesn't have to be coffee. So we help them untangle some of those things that um, that would prohibit them from doing a good job uh, because cops are logistical magnets, meaning, you know, we like operations. We like, we like mm-hmm. dog and pony shows too, <laughs> but dog and pony shows are not effective at developing relationships. So most of our training, we're retraining officers. We're, we're teaching them that, look, this isn't, the community doesn't need to know about your new Tesla. The community wants to know <laughs> what's in your heart when you're serving the community. You know, what are these officers like in your equestrian unit, your dog units, your canine unit, your helicopter unit aren't going to display that. So that's why we push wherever it's at. If it's at a Dunkin' Donuts, it doesn't have to be Starbucks. It can be at a mom and pop little restaurant where people come and go really quickly. It can just drop in for a couple of minutes. You know, but the most important part we stress is the informal setting aspect of it. 
you know, and, and we tell cops, you know, be aware that you're there for the community. This isn't a social event for police officers. Be aware of what the perception may be when you have three or four cops standing around in one huddle, which we naturally gravitate towards. Right. Be aware of that. Be open, you know, reach out and engage, because the first thing people are going to ask, hey, was there a crime here? Why are so many cop cars here? <laughs> yeah. Why, why so many cop cars? Why so many cops? You know, and someone needs to be able to explain, ma'am, sir, we're here because of this is coffee with a cop, and we're here just to find out what we need to do better. You know, you want a cup of coffee? And then that's your conversation piece. Even if that person has no burning question, they're most definitely going to recognize that their local police department is making an effort at removing barriers, and they're going to recognize that their local police agency is making an effort at being more transparent and being accountable to who? The taxpayer. And, right. it, and the bottom line, too, it removes us versus them. Yeah, that's that's a really good point, that you have a common mission. And I love how you talk about, you know, listening to your heart. And I think that really helps when we all kind of see on a human level what we're trying to accomplish and what our intentions are, and we listen to each other. And I think Coffee with a Cop definitely does that and helps us sort of break down those barriers. The um, Before we go to break, please, Lieutenant Robbie, what have been some of your bigger challenges as you've been implementing the program? I think some of our biggest challenges are, are, are reaching those employees that have, you know, a tremendous amount of time on the job, and they may even have some toxicity in themselves. Police work is difficult work. You see a lot of toxic things, a lot of bad things, and it kind of makes some officers jaded. And so they become skeptical of, you know, what is this, a hug-a-thug program? No, it's nothing like that. It's just a good program in which we're able to put human beings in connection once again. And we've been able to benefit greatly from that because those toxic officers that are, you know, purely nearly at the retirement age, they go to these cops with the cops and it reminds them of why they became police officers. It rejuvenates them because when a child comes up to them and asks them that question of, you know, in, in, in their receiving the positive interaction with another human being, as opposed to the 95% of the negative interactions that goes on, which are typical calls for service. Cause once again, people only call the police department when something goes bad. So we're right. showing up at the height of emotions. We're showing up in a conflict that needs to be resolved, and we have to make decisions that are not popular. So at Coffee with a Cop, those officers have a positive interaction with another human being, and it makes them remember the most important thing that they signed up for, which was to be a public servant. And I've seen it over and over again. And I mean, throughout every state I've gone to, there's a police chief, there's a captain that calls us later and says, you know, my bitter officers are now happier. Hmm. You know, Canada had to report automatically. You know, the angry officers are no longer angry. They're actually remembering why they became police officers in the first place. That's incredible. Lieutenant Robbie, we're going to be coming back right after the break. Uh, and we've so enjoyed chatting with you and learning more about Coffee with a Cop. When we come back, we're going to ask Lieutenant Robbie a little bit more about like some of his favorite parts of his job. So listeners, please join us right after the break. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. My favorite coffee story is brought to you by Anikona Farm, where every bean we grow represents a great story somewhere in the world. When you buy coffee from Anikona Farm, you're investing in new memories, stories, and experiences. We harvest our beans with your future story in our heart. So, from our heart to yours, enjoy the Anikona experience. May your coffee story be as rich and delicious as our Kona coffee with love. Please visit Anikona.com and get your Anikona Story coffee special today. 
Voice America Network proudly presents the Catherine Zox Show for women, men, children, and families. Catherine magically combines her compassion, experience, and talent to bring listeners a show that's upbeat, informative, and yes, a little sassy. Tune in every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern to the Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. News, opinion, your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787, 1-866-472-5787, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to My Favorite Coffee Story with Aniko Samoji. Drop us a line and share your story. Our email address is orders at anikona.com. Again, that's orders at anikona.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to my favorite coffee story. We've been talking with Lieutenant Robbie Williams about Coffee with a Cop. What an amazing program to bring police officers together with their community members And over a cup of coffee, a a very casual, relaxed event where they can share and discuss issues and learn more about each other. And we were just going to ask Lieutenant Robbie, um, there are so many amazing elements about the work that you do and how important it is. How would you describe your favorite parts of the job? Uh, I would say that my favorite part of the job is still uh, driving around in my city waving at people. Uh, are stopping at a group of teenagers and and having some conversation about life and and see their light bulb turn on when they get that, oh, man, you're a cop, but you are a human being. Are you a cop? Or you know about that? It it, it seems like sometimes people forget that in these uniforms, it's a human being. We have problems. We have bills. We have goals. We have dreams. We have disappointment, and being able to share that part of me, even from a uh, from wearing a uniform, uh, is the key to bridging that relationship. And then being in positions where, you know, twenty years down the road, fifteen years down the road, that person comes back, and they tell you about the first time they met you, and it's something you said helped them get to their next step help them build a platform for them because they saw you using your platform for the betterment of society. So that's what I like. I like having those type of relationships. I like having those types of feedback moments where you just really get that like, wow, that was an amazing event. And it's, and it's less about, um, you know, how many uh, bad guys I've caught. Yeah. Those things, that's the key part of law enforcement. That's American Law enforcement there. Um, We protect society from uh, the criminal element. But while we're doing that, we cannot forget our partner, our partner, which is our civilian, our community members. We can't just operate alone. And then also having our newer officers be reminded of that, and they get their own unique aha moments of why it's important to be this type of police officer, why it's important to over-communicate your intentions with the public. When you when you do something that has some unnecessary or some negative consequences, you make good on that. You, you make it correct. And, you, and it does require you to be vulnerable uh, to that because, like I said, it's, a, it's a, a imperfect people, you know, doing a very difficult job at times. And be vulnerable to that idea. You're not going to always get it right. But when you do get it wrong, you go out to the public quickly. And you let it be known that, hey, this was not right. And we're not happy with it. We want to change. Help us change. Help us do a better job the next time. So that's what I look forward to. Organizational transformation. I mean, that's really um, motivational for me. 
And I, I think you set an amazing example for your fellow police officers as well. Uh, what would you say, you, you touched on this lightly, that y- you, you, know, you all have goals as well. What would you say are some of your personal goals, Lieutenant Robbie? Well, my personal goal remains the same, is that if I can help one person overcome their own obstacles, one person, and, and throughout the year I, I have many more, but one person matters to me. And that's my personal goal. And, and to be the best father, to be the best husband I can possibly be, and, and be the best citizen I can be. And that's through helping people. That That is so amazing, and, and you provide such an inspiring story to our listeners and to our community. Um, what is it like living in the greater Los Angeles area? You know, Los Angeles, and, and one of the reasons I, I came to Los Angeles is because of the diversity. I mean, we have some amazing food. You know, we have some amazing sites. You know, you were talking about at the introduction some of the sites you're seeing today. And, you know, it's the same thing in Southern California. You have a beautiful beach, some great water, um, and it's just yours to explore. You don't have to be confined to an area or a space. Uh, you can go out and discover everything, you know, everything you're not even looking for. And it's just, it's just one big discovery zone almost. And it's not a day that, that goes by where you're like, wow, I didn't even know this building was here. I didn't even know this, this type of recreational event was available. And he's like, oh, let me go see what they're doing over here. A parade or something like that. And it's just partaking in this living life in the fullness. And having a beautiful sun, you know, most of our days I hear a sunny, so it's, you know, that brightens everyone's perspective, I believe. Yes. That's, um, well, you do so much for the community, Lieutenant Robbie, but I also understand that you mentor kids, and you'll be taking 22 kids to China in the next few months um, with a program called On a Mission. Share with us a little bit about that, please. Yes, On a Mission is a nonprofit that was uh, founded by a gentleman by the name of Edwin Henderson. And it's centered out of Los Angeles. And, and the idea behind it, uh, uh, you know, about eight, nine years ago when we first started doing this, was, you know, we're so quick to criticize our youth uh, about what they're not doing and how they need to do this better. But you have to ask yourself, who's teaching them? You know, have you availed yourself to teach them anything? So we started doing that with a couple of workshops here at the police department uh, called Boys to Men, and that was the name of the program. We were teaching young men how to tie ties, and I was amazed at how many young men never had anyone to teach them how to tie a tie or let alone fill out an application or present themselves in an interview. And because those are the skills that allow you a broader platform to operate from. And those have been the keys to many people's success. And, and, and it really challenges you uh, to be some of service in your community. No matter how small or how big you are, you can still help out by cleaning up a community. You can start a fundraising account for um, dogs or a special interest type of um, project. And so that's what it started from. So annually, we take a trip. Normally, we take trips to D.C., Philly, New York, uh, so that uh, we're showing young people, hey, look, this is what the national economy looks like on the East Coast and on the West Coast. And so you can also see what our government does for us. Uh, We take them to Sacramento so they can see the Capitol. Uh, Last year, when we took them to D.C., we went did the tour of the Capitol building, met with our local representative. So these young people that are ranged between 14 and 17 can possibly see an image of themselves because, I mean, that's really how I imagine going to college. It wasn't because I saw them every day in my neighborhood because of a mentor that came into our community and, and said, yeah, hey, little black boys go to college too. And that was just so inspiring to me. Um, so I use that same philosophy to pass on uh, that knowledge of just opportunity. So going to China, um, and these kids are 
select it through a process, uh, you have to have grades, your citizenship, and uh, what you do at school and, and at home matters more than the grades do. Um, your lack of finance or your ability to pay is not even a factor. It's about what kind of person you are, and that's what we select because we want you to go out there to have an enriched uh, experience. Some of our young people are, are studying Mandarin in school, so this is going to enrich their ability of understanding a little bit more about the culture. But also talking about that global economy of how China and the United States cooperate together and build this this global economy. Um, so that's what we look for. And then at the same time, you're modeling. You know, you're talking about difficult uh, subject matters such as making decisions. How do you avoid using drugs? You know, what are you doing to prepare yourself? Because some of our kids have some great dreams. They just don't know how to come up with a process to get there. And all of our chaperones have some level of success, and they're able to show you, hey, look, what I did was this way. You may have a different pathway, but this will most definitely get you here if you follow these steps. Going to college, you know, you can't just apply for college when you're in the 12th grade. You have to start, you know, in the 10th grade, 9th grade, start engineering your studying habits, you know, making your bed. Something as simple as making your bed can change your lack of discipline into discipline. So, so that's good. what I look forward to, uh, spending that quality time with young people uh, as a mentor. Uh, not one that's perfect, but one that has made mistakes. And I use a lot of my mistakes as examples for them to draw from. Have, I can imagine that some of these kids have kept in touch with you throughout the years. That must be so rewarding. It is. Hobby, to see how they grow and how they've actually ventured along and how some of those experience that you, experiences that you helped them along with has really made a difference in their lives. Have you met some of the kids on the 22 kids that are heading to China already? Yes, I, I conducted uh, an interview with at least five of them. Um, and my portion of chaperoning would be about four. Um, yes, they're, they're amazing. We have a very eclectic group of, of young boys and young women um, that will be accompanying us on this trip. And they come from all walks of life. Um, they have different goals and different dreams. One young man, he wants to be a doctor. One young lady, she wants to be an actor. Uh, one young man, he said he didn't really know what he wanted to be, <laughs> but he wanted to, he wanted to get a passport and travel. And I was like, there you go. In your travel, you will find your way. You know, so that's what, uh, that's what's so amazing about the program. And and then here you go, another piece is that they're interacting with one another, and, and they're not from the same school. They're not from the same neighborhoods. So that's another opportunity for their perspective to grow because they have a, a unique experience with someone who doesn't live where they live. And, and, and that's how we all kind of grow. We all get these great ideas from other people, and great ideas are contagious. And you're around other great-minded people that are talking positive, you're naturally going to gravitate towards the positive aspect of your own growth. So true. So true. That program sounds wonderful, and, and thank you for being part of it. As we close here, Lieutenant Robbie, and it's just been a, such an inspiring show with you today, how would you, in about a minute, describe how Coffee with a Cop has really impacted your life and maybe the lives of others. Okay. I think knowing the history of Coffee with a Cop, I would tell and I would encourage anyone to not, to, to never discount small ideas. Always have faith in your idea, in your voice. Even if that voice isn't heard initially, if it makes sense, eventually someone's going to come for you and ask you about that idea. It's nothing worse than having great ideas, but they're bottled up in your mind and they're bottled up in your heart and you have the great passion. I would tell anyone, I would encourage people to have a process of getting those 
great ideas out into the world because you never know um, who you're going to be the answer for. And Coffee with a Cop was just that. This was just an idea. This was something that we had no blueprint on how to do something like this. Even some of our other agencies, the bigger agencies, they had their community-oriented policing programs. And if you could see me, I'm putting quotes up. But they weren't really about relationships. They were not about relationships. They were more about a dog and pony show, hmm. showing you what we thought you wanted to know, but not really knowing what our community needs. And that's a relationship yes. with the police department. And I tell people this all the time who struggle with it. And I tell leaders, chiefs of police and commanders, very, you've never seen the public rally or riot against the police department because of a crime issue. But you will see protests and rallies against police departments when there is a relationship issue yes. or a failed relationship. So be the one that creates an atmosphere and an environment, an expectation of your men and women that wear the uniform, that this is a part of policing. Just as much as catching criminals, this is just as important. It's just as critical. And you have to commit resources and focus your time and energy on creating that environment where that's normal. So, so true. Lieutenant Robbie, thank you for all that you do for your community and your help and hard work with Coffee with a Cop. We've so enjoyed chatting with you and, and learning about how Coffee with a Cop has built relationships and trust one cup at a time. So we thank you so much, Lieutenant Robbie, for all that you do. And listeners, thank you for joining us today. We, we've been so happy to be together again this week. Certainly, we love carrying on the conversation. If you'd like to send questions to radio at myfavoritecoffeestory.com or, of course, to our Twitter at Anikona Farm. And we always share our 15% gift on anikona.com. So thank you for joining us. Thank you to Lieutenant Robbie Williams for being with us today. We've really appreciated it. And, of course, have a wonderful week. And we look forward to being together again on My Favorite Coffee Story. In the meantime, we wish you a big aloha. Aloha. Thank you for taking an hour out of your busy week to join us on My Favorite Coffee Story. Please tune in again for another edition with your host, Aniko Samoji, next Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until then... We hope you'll have a relaxing week.